Let's open our Bible, 2 John, please. 2 John, there is a tie-in. We'll get to that. 2 John. Hey, what's up? Now we're listening. Okay. Hey, what's up? Grace, mercy, and peace. That's what's up, right? In fact, say that to somebody, would you please? Grace, mercy, and peace to you. Grace, mercy, and peace to you. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about that last time, that, you know, the grace and the mercy and the peace and how, how desperately we need all three, really, this, uh, you know, God's unmerited favor, you know, getting what we do not deserve, His grace his mercy, this pardon and forgiveness, and his mercy is anew every morning. And that peace that comes through the grace and through the mercy, that peace that we have with God, that peace that we have from God, the peace of God. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. So what a, what a great thing. And I think, again, for us to think about that when we're speaking with each other and, and talking with each other and and uh, what are we passing along? What kind of greeting do we have? Is it just, you know, what's up? Or, or is there something of meaning? Paul had, you know, or excuse me, John had, had a greeting that was full of meaning, full of purpose. And I think we need to be a little deeper than we probably are. So today I want to talk about walking. You see, <clears throat> this has something to do with what, we're, what the guys had to share today. And they both did this on the spur today. I just asked them a few minutes ago. But walking, how many of you like to walk? <clears throat> Most of you like to walk, you know, walking maybe on the, uh, the wall at Narragansett. It's a beautiful place to walk. Walk on the beach, maybe. I love to walk on the beach. Maybe you walk in your neighborhood. We went to, uh, can I confess this? A neighborhood yard sale. There was, I don't know how many, there was like 40 yard sales. But, it, I, but I, was, I was impressed with the neighborhood because it was like a great neighborhood if you lived there to walk. Because, you know, uh, to be able to walk around your neighborhood is, is a nice thing. Mostly I walk now on a treadmill. Boring, right? But the thing about walking is healthy. It's healthy. It's good for you, Right? They say it's really, really good for you, and most people can walk. Maybe you can't run. I can't really run. It kind of messes, it messes with me, but I can walk. And walking, I try to get like 10,000 steps in a day if possible. And that's not always possible, but, but uh, it's really good for you. But to get 10,000 steps, how do you do that? One step at a time. They ask you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You've got to take one step at a time. And I'm, I'm thinking about these two guys, uh, you know, walking up this, you know, mountain. They're, you know, Aiden was kind of running a little bit, but mostly it's walking. And it's, it's taking a step, one step at a time. And it wasn't an easy trip, was it? It wasn't like, oh, that was easy. No, they get done, they go, wow. I can't believe that we did it. But I, I love what, what they said uh, you know, at the very end, or when they got to the top, and they saw the view was incredible, right? So they got somewhere, and it paid off. And then even at the end, when they got to put their feet in the water, incredible. 
I want to tell you, the scripture talks a lot about walking today. It talks about walking a lot, as a matter of fact. But it's more than just a hike up a mountain. It's more than just a stroll in the neighborhood, a stroll in the country, wherever it is on the beach or whatever. But 96 times in the, in the New Testament it uses this word for walk. 96 times. And it really means, it, it really means this. It means to, to make one's way. It means to live. It's how you live. It's not just the fact that you're putting one step in front of another. It's, it's actually how you live, to regulate one's life or to conduct yourself. That's how the Bible uses this term walk. And I want to I talk about that because we, <clears throat> when we hear the word walk, that's all we think of. Just walking down the street, walking into church, walking up the mountain, walking whatever. But it's, it's so much more than that, isn't it? It's, it's this idea of, as a gut question says, this practical daily living. Practical daily living, this walk. They say the Christian life is a journey, it's a walk. Consistent forward progress in our faith. You don't walk backwards usually, right? You walk forward and you know where you're walking, you have a plan, this is our plan, I'm, I'm going to walk forward. Paul said, you know, I, I press forward, I, I reach forward for the, for the mark, I have a goal in mind, I'm trying to reach the, the prize. So, in terms of the Christian life, in terms of your Christian life, this is the question I think that is asked, and, and I I told Justin I'm going to use this phrase, how's your walk, and, and, and he got nervous because he thought I was asking him right there on the spot, tell me how your walk is. Is that okay if I shared that? <laughs> Ask him after. How's your walk? But, but I believe that God is asking us, how is your walk? How is your life? How, what is the direction of your life? I, I saw a, 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 a podcast uh, with Kirk Cameron and I understand he's got a brand new movie out that uh, I would like to see called Life Mark. And I think it just came out uh, on Friday. Uh, but he, he's, he was talking about, you know, his life and, you know, what had happened and, and, and kind of his story. And there was somebody interviewing him. But he said this. He said, it's not about perfection. It's about direction. Not that our walks are going to be perfect. And he said, listen, I'm far from it. I haven't, you know, got there. He says, but I'm going forward. And, I, and, and it's the direction of my life, the walk that he's taking, this journey that he's taking. He says, uh, you know, I'm not what I should be or could be, but I'm not what I once was. You see, because he's going forward. He's making a journey. He's making steps. He's walking forward in his life and, and that's uh, something the Bible talks about an awful lot. Let's read the verses here, uh, verses 4 through 6 in 2 John. It says here, it has, it has, Paul, uh, John says, It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. And I ask that 
we love one another. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is what? That you walk in love. So he uses that word three times just in these uh, few verses. The walk. Notice this, and, and it, st- it stood out to me that, that John had noticed this. He saw it. He says, it's, it's given me great joy to find some of your children walking in truth. He could see it. He, he recognized it. He saw it. And it's, I was thinking about that. You know, he, he was affected by their lives. He was affected by their walk, really. And, and we do affect one another by how we live. My walk affects you, and your walk affects me. In John's case, what did it say? He said he saw that, and what, what was the outcome? Joy. joy. He, says, he says, it's given me great joy to see you walking in the truth. David Guzik said that this is a pastor's heart to know that his people are walking in truth. That's true. But it goes both ways, too. If you notice my walk is going, you know, the wrong direction, is is that going to give you joy? You're going to go, whoa, whoa. You'd be pretty upset about it, probably. And it it goes both ways, you see. And and so we, we have this idea of the example that we set. Paul says in Philippians 3, he said, Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. He says, follow our, our example, the, the way we're walking. Walk like this. But he goes on to say, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. How others were living, you know, it disturbed him. It brought him to tears. John says, I I have this joy. I have this great joy. He's speaking to this lady. He says that, that some of your children are walking in the truth. He says that in verse 1, he says he, he writes to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. He loved them. And he saw them, he saw their example, but I I don't know why it says here, I I was thinking about this, and why does it say some? Did that mean not all of them were walking in truth? I don't know. But it it certainly uh, says that we have choices, and and for, for young people today, in our day and age, in our world, and all the, all the distractions and all the temptations and all the things of this life, for, for all of us really, but especially I think young people, I, I want to say you have choices. You make choices. Where you walk, how you walk, how you live. Again, it's not perfection, but it's direction. What is the direction of your life. The, the word here is in the perfect, or the, excuse me, the present active participle. Participle is like with the I-N-G on the end, right? 
Present means now, and active means doing something. So he says they were walking in the truth. Now they were doing it. It was, it was an obvious thing that they, were, that they were walking in the truth. Their lives were in the truth. Warren Wiersbe says to walk in the truth means to obey it. To permit it to control every area of our lives. It's easier to study it, he says, or even argue about it than to practice it. We can talk about the truth. I believe the truth. I, but, but he says it's, they're walking in the truth. They're actually, their lives were consumed in the truth. They were obeying the truth, following the truth. We see it in these verses here. This is his command that you walk in love. What is to walk in obedience to his commands? To, to live following after the truth. One man said this, the truth is not just something to be lived with the mind, but something to be lived out in everyday behavior. That's the walk that we're talking about here today. He says they were walking in the truth just as the Father had commanded them. Now, is that, is, the word command, is that like a suggestion? God says, you know, I want you to walk in truth. And it's just a suggestion. You might think about it. Is that how, is that how it's put forward to us? As believers, as people who belong to him? He says, no. It's a command that you and I walk in truth. So we either say yes or we say no. We walk this way or we walk that way. What, what, who makes the choice? He doesn't force us to walk in truth. But if we're his, and I I believe it's very personal, that he has a path, he has a plan for you and for me. Paul said in Ephesians 2, he said, We are his workmanship, or his poema, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's prepared a plan and a purpose for you, for me, and it's up to to us to decide to follow his way. He'll show us the way. He'll help us to do it. I can't do it by myself. I can't can't do what God's called me to do without his help. But he promises to help us. Look at those verses again, verses 5 and 6. He says, And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. There's this idea of truth and love. Again, from the beginning of this uh, short letter, he ties the two, two together to walk in love. To live your life in love. And I, and I was thinking about that when Justin was talking about his brother, right? I mean, his brother was having a hard go. And he had to step up and look out for him, even though you know, his brother's you know, quite a few years older than him. How many? Ten years older than you? And, and, and he had to kind of take charge. And, and so sometimes we're, we're, we're walking this walk together, this life together. We have to look out for each other. 
We really do. And, and uh, the book of Hebrews says we've got to encourage one another daily. So there's a sense that we walk together. They had four, one, two, three, four, right? Four guys, and they were walking on this, this trip, this journey, this path, and they had to keep each other in check. They had to keep each other going, encouraged. And you and I need to do that for each other. Sometimes, sometimes what happens is somebody, you know, they, they mess up. And they end up walking the wrong direction, the wrong way or whatever, and we just kind of shine them on. We just kind of let them. But, but, but what we're supposed to do, I think, is, is to grab a hold of them and say, hey. Now, they may not respond to us in a good way, but, but, it, but we need to say, listen, what's going on? Where are you going? What's the direction of your walk? He talks about this idea of love, you know. Uh, he says it's not a new command. It's an old command. But, but Jesus talked about it. He says not new, but it is new. It's old, but it's also new. It's old because it's found in, in the Old Testament. You know, love one another, found in Leviticus. But it's new in the sense that Jesus showed like how, how deep it was. He showed how really to do it. And how did he do it? What did he do? Greater love is no man than this. And he laid down his life for his friends. So he laid, he laid down his life for us. So for you and I, to walk in love means to lay down our lives for somebody else. Talk about being uncomfortable. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands and... His command was that we love one another as this thing that's, that's wrapped up in these verses. So our walk, my walk, your walk, our lives really is a walk, is a journey. How's your walk? Because it's true that it is affecting others. Your walk as a believer in Jesus Christ is affecting others. It's affecting me. And my walk is affecting you. Sometimes, you know, I think we need to stop and think. And I, and I reading these verses and, and thinking about this, I stop and think, well, what, what is my life? What is the direction of my life? Of my life, not someone else's. It's good to worry about some, someone else's life. We, we do that good. Well, look at him. Look what they're doing. In fact, Peter was doing that at the end of the Gospel of John, right? What about him, Lord? Jesus said, don't you worry about him. Worry about yourself first. So you stop and think about what, what is the direction of my life and like where am I going and, and what, you know, what, what's important to me? What do I do? How, do I, how am I living? You can stop and think about that. You know, how much time do I spend on this or on, spend on that and kind of where, where is that all going? in my life. Sometimes I think we'll be surprised. Sometimes we'll say, I'm just, I'm just trying to follow the Lord the very best that I know how, the very best that I can. Paul said it in Ephesians chapter 5. He said, uh, he said, he said, 
Pay careful attention then to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. Boy, that's for sure. He wrote that, you know, uh, what, 2,000 years ago, but, but it, it seems to be more true now today. The days are evil. And so how are we walking? Pay attention. Be careful then to how you walk. Let's be wise about it. He says in Ephesians chapter 4 that we should walk worthy of the calling that we have. Walk worthy of the Lord, he says also. There are a few things I want to talk about how not to walk as we kind of move on quickly here. Some ways how not to walk. He he says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk or the people in the world in the futility of their mind. This is a, our lives should, should not be just like all the rest of the world. 2 Corinthians 4, he talks about not walking in deception. I have to stop and think about that one a little bit. Is, is my life, is my walk just a, a show? Is it, is it a lie? Is it deception? Am I, am I just, you know, I'm saying all the right words. I'm doing all the right quote-unquote things that when people see me. But is it true? Or is it some kind of deception? Is it some kind of lie? Sometimes we're even lying to ourselves. I'm not really, walk, I'm not really walking after God. I'm just playing along. 1 John, we saw this a long time ago. It says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Don't walk in the darkness. Psalm 1 says that blessed is the man who does not walk, does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Who are we listening to? CNN? Fox News? We can throw it all out there. Who are we listening to? What counsel are we, you know, basing our lives and how we walk and live? Is it what the world is saying? This is the, what we do now? Or is what God is saying? He says, you, you've, you've given me great joy to hear and, and to see some of your children walking in the truth. Not, the, not, not what the world thinks is the truth, but what God says is the truth. Ephesians 2, it says, You once walked according to the ways of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. The, the, the ways of this world, are, you know, they're, they're guided by the prince of the power of the air. Who's that? Satan, the devil, is the one who's got, you know, working these things a lot. So when we walk and live according to the ways of the world, we're, we're, following, the wrong, we're following the wrong guy. Paul said in Colossians 3, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Like Kirk Cameron says, I, 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 I was back there, but, but I'm, I'm going a different path. I'm going forward now, and I'm, I, I want to follow the direction that God has for me. I want to follow his direction. 
So we have a choice. Are we going to walk in the ways of the world or are we going to walk in the truth? Are we going to obey? Are we going to walk in love? That, that's the choice that we, we all make with the direction of our lives. Some of the things Jesus said about two walk, like I said, there, there, there's 92 different times he uses this word in the, just the New Testament. 1 John 2, he talks about walking as Jesus walked. Are they going to see Jesus in our lives? How I walk, how I comport myself, how I you know, decide what my life is all going to be about. Paul said, Galatians 5, that we should walk in the Spirit, the Spirit of God. Again, He helps us. He's the Holy Spirit living within us, guiding us, teaching us, showing us the way. Romans 6, Paul says to walk in newness of life. The opposite of that, of that is oldness of death. That's where we were before, walking in oldness of death. And now we're walking, we're supposed to be walking in newness of life. This is a whole new ball game now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says we walk by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. It's not like you see it. It's not according to how you feel. It's not according to just what you see, but it's according to, to what God has says to follow me. Follow me. It says in Ephesians 5 to walk as children of light. That's a lot, huh? How's your walk? Big question, huh? I want you to turn, we're going to wrap up with this, all the way back to Genesis, chapter 5. You know where Genesis is, right? Yeah. Genesis, chapter 5. A couple of guys we're going to just read about in a few verses there. Genesis, chapter 5, and verse 22 there was a guy named Enoch. Look what it says about Enoch. Let's start in verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. We all have heard about Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. And had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more. Because God took him away. Enoch walked with God 300 years. We, you know... We, we, we're trying to follow after God for three days. And we complain and moan and whine. 300 years. And, and it was just this incredible thing that happened. And finally it says there that all of a sudden he was not. He was no more. Why? Because God just like raptured him. He took him right up to be with him. Amen. There's something about walking with God. For the long haul. 
Not for five minutes. Not for one day, one year, one week. For 300 years, Enoch walked with God. You and I are called to walk with God until that day that we are going to be with him, whether he raptures us, whether he, you know, we, we pass out of this life. And then we're going to see the glory. Enoch walked with God. And the last guy is this guy named Abraham or Abram. Look at Genesis 17. Go ahead there to Genesis chapter 17. Abraham or Abram, his name later became Abraham. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, or El Shaddai. He says, walk before me and be blameless. That's kind of a, that's radical, isn't it? A radical statement God says to him, I am El Shaddai, walk before me and be blameless. There's something about walking before God. Enoch walked with God. God comes to Abram when he was 99 years old. So, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, don't you kind of get a little break when you become, you know, 66? 99, God comes to him and said, you know, you're not done yet. You, walk before me and be blameless. It matters how you live your life. Again, it's not perfection, but it's direction. And this is the path God wants us to, to follow in, in, in his path, his plan, his purpose. Later on, turn to Genesis chapter 24. This is much later now, many, many years later. Genesis 17 is before Isaac was born, right? His son Isaac, the son of promise. Genesis uh, 24, now Isaac is grown up and uh, Abraham's servant is going out to Find a wife for Isaac. So he's old enough to get married now. Genesis chapter 24, verse 40. Abraham is talking to his servant that was going out to get this wife for his son. And he says to him, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and make your journey a success so that you can get a wife for my son, from my own clan and from my father's family. I don't know if you see that, but there's something very sweet in here. First of all, he says, you know what? All these years now, maybe he's 18, maybe he's 20. We, we don't know how old he, exactly he was. At least I don't. But he's been, he's been walking. He says, the Lord, Yahweh, before whom I have walked. I've been walking before him. But notice what he says. He says, he will send his angel with you and make your journey a success. I think he knew that because he walked before God. And he saw that God would, would provide. God would take care of him. When we walk before God, God is going to do it. God is going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. He's going to make our journey a success. He's going to get us there. Makes me think of Philippians 1, 
Six? Who knows what that says? Kelly? You mean God, you mean God meant for this very thing that he which has done a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you will perform it, perfect it. He'll, he'll make it happen until the day of Christ Jesus. What God started in your life, in my life, he's going to finish it. The question, I think, is are we willing to walk with him? Are we willing to walk before him? So let me ask you one more time before someone asks you later, how's your walk? How's your daily life? What is, what is, your, what is the direction of your life? What's the direction of my life? It's not a sprint. It's not a fast run. It's a walk. It's a daily walk. How do I live my life today? It's a bunch of days all strung together. But it's for the long haul. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And it's challenging. How's my walk what is it like? Are there things I am doing, things that I'm not doing? What's the direction of my life? And you call us to walk with you, to walk in the truth, the truth of your word, the truth of, of who Jesus is, the truth of who we are, that we are desperately helpless, that we can do nothing apart from you. As we confess that, as we surrender our lives to you, you can do incredible things. And you will make our journey a success. You have angels working for us over time. You yourself, uh, your word says you, you come across the heavens to help us. To give us the strength we need to do what you called us to do. God, I pray you'd challenge your people, but I also pray you would encourage your people that, that our lives make a difference, that, that our lives mean something to those around us. Pay careful attention to how you walk, he says. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Father, help us in these evil, wicked times to be children of light, to walk as children of light in the dark. We can't do it without you, Lord. We, we know that. Father, I pray... As I always want to give an opportunity for any who have never surrendered your life to Jesus, today is a good day to begin a walk, to begin to walk with God and, and see what he has for you and the, the, the glorious heaven that he has for all those that walk and follow him. And all you need to do is surrender and say, come into my life. I can't, I can't do this on my own anymore. 
I'm lost and I ask you to show me the way. Forgive me of my sin and I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together.